0: Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. My podcasts often deal with distressing situations which are not suitable for children and some adults for that matter. Some of what I discuss may trigger uncomfortable emotions. If that does occur, please reach out to Lifeline, Beyond Blue or any other support service or person you feel comfortable with. Please keep in mind that there's always two sides, sometimes more, to every story. My guests provide their recollection of an event or incident, sharing their thoughts and their emotions, but it's theirs. Not everybody will agree with them. I never want to tell any guest what to say or what not to say. So there will always be others that see it differently. And I understand that. Hello, I'm Narelle Fraser. I was a cop with Victoria Police for 27 years, 15 of those as a detective, having dealt with all types of crime, from a stolen bicycle to a stolen life. I witnessed the effect crime has on those involved and became one of those victims myself in 2012 when I was diagnosed with PTSD. However, out of adversity comes other opportunities like this, my own podcast. I'm still pinching myself. Thanks for listening and coming with me as we explore the human side and impact of crime.
1: I thought, let's do something about this. Let's not let anyone get to the stage that I was at
0: Cam Taylor, my guest today, he's not your average 25-year-old male. Cam founded a company called Chin Up after experiencing his own mental health struggles and realising he was one of too many men out there who had suffered in silence, burying himself in his own grief due to the stigma of reaching out and asking for help. Cam is working his way through that grief, but too many of Cam's mates and acquaintances didn't and haven't. Cam's been a FIFO worker, fly in, fly out, uh, and I'm pretty sure the conversations after work weren't about feelings and emotions. Cam's wish and hope is to raise awareness of and open up those difficult conversations about men struggling with a mental health challenge. Statistics show on average, one in eight men. Will experience depression and one in five men will experience anxiety. This is a statistic that Cam and his team at Chinup want to turn around. An even more concerning statistic, Stam, (laughs) Cam gives, is that men comprise seven out of every nine suicides in Australia. That is just too many. And the number of men that die from suicide is nearly double the road toll. Cam's belief is that together we can all help break the stigma Of masculine stereotypes, which exists for men to, you know, toughen up or chin up. Men discussing their personal mental health and that of their friends, it needs to become a normal thing, just as it is really uh, pretty reasonably normal for women to talk about and discuss. Cam's designed and is selling merchandise, hoodies, t shirts, caps, and beanies, which he hopes will help with some of those difficult conversations and build a supportive community. 10% of every sale of Chinups products directly supports Headspace, an Australian non-profit organisation for youth established by the Australian government in 2006. CAM is yet another example of how you can make a positive out of a negative, looking at the glass half full rather than half empty uh chin up came to mind as a name for his business as it incorporates the masculine stereotype that men must must toughen up and keep your chin up when experiencing struggles He and his team's mission is to work against this mentality to reduce shame to empower men to speak up and ask for support when needed what an inspiring young man so thanks for that cam and uh welcome.
1: Thank you, Narelle. Appreciate your support. Thank
0: you. Oh, look, it's, it's the least I can do. So how are you going uh, COVID-wise over in uh, South Australia, where you're from? How are you managing?
1: Yeah, so um, we are managing okay at the moment. Um, I haven't looked at the uh, news today, but I don't think there's been many cases. We have had two lockdowns since the start of COVID, um, one uh, November last year for three days, and one a couple of weeks ago uh, for seven days, which is – you know, that's the rules and regulations. We just have to deal with it, unfortunately. But um yeah, um I think SA are doing pretty well at the moment, uh, except for the other states.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, you're doing uh, a lot better than uh, us and in here in Victoria. And I've just heard the numbers today for South Australia, uh, for South Australia, for New South, and it's 390.
1: Is that <gasps> just today? Yes. Holy smoke.
0: Oh, holy smoke. Oh, I'm, I'm glad you said that. I was thinking of something else.
1: <laughs> holy anyway, smoke.
0: Yeah, holy smokes, right. Anyway, um, uh, let's hope that our conversation today, um, you know, helps people through, I don't know, another hour or so of COVID and something to uh, talk about or think about other than COVID. So for those out there, I know very little about Cam. But we've discovered in the last few days, it's such a very, very small world. I saw a post that Cam put up on Facebook about Chin Up, uh, that small business we were talking about before that he's founded and which we'll go into later. And, and I just thought what an interesting and inspiring guest he'd be on my podcast. But isn't this bizarre? But we've discovered that I've had some dealings with Cam when he was young and I was a detective many, many moons ago. And the incident was a sexual assault. Sexual assault victims deal with lifelong consequences, the psychological damage of which can't be underestimated. And you know, whilst the court case is over and the accused was incarcerated, Cam was left with lasting mental health issues. So Cam, I thought we might start off and um if I could ask, how did the offence affect you? Like what were the consequences of that um, sexual assault?
1: Yeah, thank you, Narelle. Um, yes, it did affect me um, quite heavily. Um, uh, well, afterwards, the court case, it took about three, four years to take this gentleman to court, but it was uh, the after effects that hit me more than anything, um, dealing with hard upbringing, um, with my parents separating when I was young, moving to Adelaide, um, back to Melbourne, Adelaide, um, not not doing well at school. And the main thing, Narelle, um, I couldn't trust people. I couldn't trust anyone and especially me leaving school at um, the age of, you know, 16, 17, year nine, year 10, I dropped out. I got a job and I got an apprenticeship, but it was hard for me to trust, especially the older males from this dealing that I had many moons ago. Mm. Um, Yeah, so – and lifelong battles, I had a lot of flashbacks, a lot of difficulty opening up and, yeah, hard times.
0: And see, this is why I feel um, so passionate about uh, sex offences because – they do affect your whole life from there on in, and I, I think if we can stop one person from suffering like you have and it affecting you, I think you know we're we're doing a good thing. And you know, I just thought to myself, then what a how love. I don't know if the word's lovely or not. I was just going to say the fact that you actually referred to your. Um, the offender as a gentleman. That
1: wow, well, boy. Yes, we are on a podcast, Narelle, but I'd call him an F and C, um, and a bloke that shouldn't be a, alive. That's in my perspective, but I've got to be somewhat professional and nice about this.
0: Yeah, I know what you mean, Cam, but just the fact that you can actually say that—you know—that to call him a gentleman—that must. That must be difficult, but and and I don't want you to don't hold back, Cam. Um,
1: yeah, well, he's not a gentleman anymore. I tell you that right now. <laughs> but you know, I I've got to be somewhat contained about this. So
0: yeah, and I appreciate that and thank you. But I think the uh, listeners would also appreciate how you really feel and that you're um, trying to tone it down, I suppose, for yeah. any anyone yep. who's listening. But, yeah, so thank you. Thank you for your honesty. Um, you've said uh, that you lost quite a few mates to mental health issues. Can you tell us a bit about that?
1: Yeah, sure, I definitely can. Um, so many years ago I've worked in the FIFO life for a while, started my mining career um, in Broken Hill, New South Wales, and um, I was really close with one of my work colleagues and we used to work underground very, very close together um, and we'd, you know, have drinks outside of work and whatnot like this. And, uh, yeah, mining always had that dark old depression and I never thought anything of it. And And then Australia Day 2018 or 2019, we all got this message and it was a video of the this close mate of mine, I can't say his name, but um, close mate of mine swimming in a pool um, in Mildura in Victoria. And uh, actually, that that was his last message. Um, we all got formed and we got back to work because we were on um, leave at the time, like on our break. We uh, actually got a message from our bosses saying that he committed suicide that night um, and he was married with two kids. And all of us on the crew had that last message and I was, uh, I had a bit of a soft spot for this bloke that I worked with. I actually really, really liked him and I really, really, um, looked up to him. Um, he was a little bit older than me. Um, I was probably (laughs) 21, 22 at that age. And he was about 28. Um, and he was very known well in the local town. And, um, unfortunately I didn't think I would get anything from it. And, um, I battled through and yeah, and then I it, it just flashbacks and whatnot, and then I had another guy, which is the incident that really affected me very close with another workmate of mine. I've worked with him in uh, a few other mines all over Australia. Um, so I was working over in uh, South Australia in a mine, and um, we uh, I was very close with this gentlemen at the time same similarity and unfortunately i was just a little bit closer than the last one and um yeah commit suicide and um yeah really flashbacked and whatnot and um unfortunately um it was a bit of an incident where um there was another friend of mine that passed away um as well while i was working away and um we had to um unfortunately we had I had to resuscitate him, and I tried to resuscitate him and I couldn't get him back and There was about three or four of us that tried to do it, and we couldn't and uh that from that day on, that really affected me um, I wasn't affected at the time, but when I got home on break I was um i was literally just down at Woolies doing my shopping, and um, I just bursted out in tears. I broke down. I had a massive panic attack, and that's when it really hit home for me. Um, and then, obviously, losing my mates, um, difficult upbringing. That's when it really cracked, cracked, cracked it for me. It
0: sounds to me, um, Cam, that what's happened is it's a bit like me with my PTSD, or not just me, just anybody with uh, something that we're suppressing or we're trying to just move on from and deal with. And um, you, you just have one thing after another happen. And all of a sudden, just like you just said at Woolies, I can relate to that so well, where you just get to a point, Something happens and it's like um, a volcano. Everything just um, explodes out of your head. You can't control anything. You are just – it's spewing out, isn't it? And it's just an uncontrollable thing. But – that's a lot for anybody to deal with, Cam. Um, and let's, um, I don't like to put aside, you know, your, your difficult upbringing, your other two mates that passed away, but to actually have to resuscitate anybody uh, is difficult enough and uh, traumatic enough. But the fact that it was a mate, I just cannot imagine the, uh, it, it, you know, how that would, well, I couldn't imagine how that would feel yeah
1: we um we got a call out saying that we need to check up on this bloke and um i got the name over the radio and um yeah i uh i uh lost a bit of control in the vehicle trying to get there because i knew who it was and um they said he hasn't responded he hasn't responded let's do something and I heard it over the radio and I dropped all guns and just blasted it in the car and pedaled to the metal and got there and um I did what I needed to do and um unfortunately I didn't get him. The hardest thing the hardest thing was explaining to the family.
0: So you had to do that, Cam?
1: Uh they wanted to, we didn't have to at the time, no. Um we did about a day or two later. Um um because I wanted to and that's just paying the respect to that to that gentleman um, I wanted to speak to the family work work told us that we don't have to but um, I uh, I wanted to yeah
0: and I think the family would have really appreciated that Cam because and I think they could have seen that um, you know you did everything you could to try and bring him back and the fact that you couldn't bring him back Cam how how did you manage with that
1: well well experience of mental health when I was younger I was somewhat you know strong about it um especially being at a young age I still am now um I managed I managed um and um yeah I didn't didn't uh I did the typical male didn't speak up but um I eventually had to um and yeah I uh spoke up to my partner um and told her um because I could trust her completely and um yeah, I spoke to her instead of my mates and then my mates got a wind and I spoke to them and I think the best thing for me coping through that is to speak up um, and and when you start speaking up, you realise that you're not the only one out there that has had mental health and don't be ashamed from it and don't don't be scared. People, you know, if you've got real mates, they're not going to judge you for it. They're going to say, well, hats off to you for speaking up, you know what I mean?
0: Oh, boy, do I know what you mean. And so, Cam, how long did it take for you to tell or to open up to your partner before you then started opening up and realising that this actually feels quite good to be able to tell somebody?
1: Yeah, well, at that um, time that it happened, uh, many people that listen to this and know me well will know the time. Um, I uh, come home on break um, and... uh, yeah, played up a little bit, and um, unfortunately, at that time, I actually lost my partner um, because I wasn't thinking straight and being very stupid with myself, and regret that decision completely. But um, we uh, we separated for a bit, but I still opened up to her uh, um, about a week about a week after we broke up. Yeah, that um, actually, this is this is no excuse why I actually did what I did, but um uh you know it's got a part to play but it's not the excuse that I did because at the end of the day that was my decision um but yeah um I spoke up to her and she supported me but she said no your consequences you know you do the crime you do the time and that's the way I look at it so yeah
0: mm. so how did it feel to open up to your, your partner at the time did that feel like you were a weight off your shoulders or how did it feel well,
1: she knew of it um she knew sort of that someone passed away but she didn't know i was involved um but yeah i just honestly mate it was just like having a chat but until i actually said this is what happened and i was involved and it you know it did drop a tear to my eye and you know she gave me a hug and whatnot but Um, For me, I just stayed strong um, because I knew that I didn't want to get this, get the better of me, and unfortunately it did a little bit. Um, But, yeah, I tried to, you know, keep my chin up the best I could.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you and thousands and thousands of others came.
1: Yeah. And we, we you know, being being in the mining career, they've always advised us and a lot of companies advise that there's dark old depression, you know, always always focus on your fitness, eat healthy while you're away because we do long hours, we do long shifts, you know, we're underground, we you know, some people do permanent night shift, they don't see daylight for three weeks, you know, you've got to have your vitamins, you've got to stay strong, you've got to keep fit, healthy, you know, check in with your loved ones, check in with your mates, you know and that's what you need to do to survive this FIFO life.
0: So you say that about your uh, your physical health and they want you to look after it. What do they do for your mental health?
1: Um, a lot of mining companies have like, you know, organisations um, that come in and talk and there's always – those helplines and, you know, funny enough, I actually used one of them um, when I was suffering um, and the company I was working for actually supported me and they still support me to this day. Um, but, yeah, there's a lot of those helplines. Um, there's a lot of, like, on-site mentors and, um, you know, they always say, speak up, speak up, and they push it, um, trust me, because a lot of mining people and a lot of mining companies have seen a lot of deaths, so, yeah. Uh-
0: you say then that there's um, helplines and a lot of help there, but uh, if you're anything like like me and many others, it doesn't matter how many helplines are there and how many people are there. You've got uh, the hardest part is actually reaching out, isn't it, and asking for that help rather than pretending that you're fine?
1: Yes, that's 100% correct. You know, speaking up is the hardest thing, yeah.
0: Yeah. And so, Cam, when did you realise... Uh, that your mental health was spiralling out of control. What were the the signs that you experienced?
1: Well, the the number biggest sign is obviously um, I played up with my relationship at the time and didn't think of it um, until I looked back and realised what I'd done. Um, Then also my drinking took a toll. I was always leaning on alcohol um, leaning on smoking on cigarettes to kill that stress. Um, I was very upset. I was weak. Um, I was just a pig eating a lot of junk food, you know, not having a healthy diet, especially living on my own. Um. A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend, but what won't change needing health
0: insurance, United healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times.
1: For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy.
0: That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical
1: Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Um, I just did what I wanted. I had no one to answer to. Um, And then, yeah, a lot of drinking to cope with it. Um, And... Coming from a, you know, on my father's side that are big drinkers, um, I didn't want to go down that path. So, yeah, I knew it was coming, and I tried to fight the drinking as much as I could.
0: I'm sort of assuming from what you've um, you've said and the little that I've read about you that you may have got to pretty much rock bottom. Yeah can you can you tell us? Um, if you did, and how you got yourself out of that mindset?
1: Yeah, so um, I did hit rock bottom. Um, yeah, a lot of drinking, um, a lot of smoking, Um a lot of stuff I shouldn't have been doing. Um, how I got out of it, oh, mate, it was uh, – I'm still trying to get it out. I'm still trying to quit smoking and I'm still trying to get out of it, but it's it's hard. Um, and if anyone is listening who is a smoker, it is very hard. Um, but, yes, uh, how did I get out of it? Hmm, let me think. What did I start with? Um, speaking up was the best thing I ever done, um, two mates. Um, second best thing was to keep fit. Um, and go to the gym and clear those toxins out of my body. Um, Third best thing I'd done was not drinking and have a healthy diet. Fourth thing i ever done was probably speak to my workmates. And I've always had a sort of a good job um, and a good – career but um speaking up to your closest mates at work um and especially i've had a really good relationships with um my previous bosses um and stuff like that and you know a lot of people feel sorry for me because i do have lived on my own for so long but that's the choice that you know i had to make and um yeah just sort of there's always a whole there's always a way you just got to find it um and speaking up is probably the best thing get that relief off your chest yeah
0: so, when you do open up and tell your mates or people particularly men I'm talking about here about your innermost feelings and emotions, etc, how do they respond to you
1: well i have i uh you know sort of picked out who I'd speak to. I took the judgment of who I could trust um, and I've got a really close mate of mine that doesn't live very far from me that I've known for my name. Six, seven years, similar age to me has had some you know sort of same dealings with his family that I've had um and i I could speak to him any day of the time um any time twenty four seven seven days a week, and he'd listen um yeah i spoke- I spoke up to the people that I could trust um I actually didn't speak up to any of my family. <laughs> um there's a bit of a story behind that but yeah I didn't speak up to them I just spoke up to my loved ones and uh, my closest mates uh, their response their response was um pretty much thanks for speaking up and you know you'll get through it and typical stereotype name come on mate chin up
0: mm-hmm. Does, have you ever had any mates that you've spoken to that when you tell them your your concerns or, you know, what's bothering you, do they ever sort of ask you to, you know, tell them about it? Like, do you want to tell me?
1: or do um, they- <laughs> Yes and no. I've got one older friend um, that doesn't live far from me as well that would always, you know, say let's do something about it or you know try and help but a lot of mates just shrug it off and think it's an awful conversation but the real mates will listen you know what I mean um obviously no one knows about the accounting that you and I had many years ago this is all new for them so uh yeah it'd be very uh, very uh interesting to see their impressions when they hear this podcast Mm. yeah
0: there's there's some sort of um Oh, I don't know what it is, a, a shame or a stigma um, about um, sexual assault at any stage, but for it to happen to a young man, its um, I understand it would be a, a difficult um, conversation for your mates, but also I think it's really important for people out there to hear, like there are backstories to everybody nobody knows really um everything about somebody and just for the people out there i discussed this with cam as to whether uh, because when cam realized like cam's the one that sort of put two and two together and when we realized what it was about i did discuss with cam about whether he wanted to talk about it and um and cam you know, I really admire you, Cam, because it's a big thing to, um, it's a stigma that, um, you know, we need to talk about these sort of things because they happen. And I just uh, really admire your strength and your courage to actually say yes i was sexually assaulted but we did talk about it a lot didn't we cam as to whether we talk about it or not on this podcast and
1: yeah yeah i i don't mind saying it was mentioned but i kind of don't want to go into detail but yeah to turn it into a positive neural is probably the best thing i've ever done in my whole life um and to look back on it and just go you know what who gives a shit let's just get on with life and let's not affect me you know what i mean Hello, guess who?
0: Just a quick interruption here to let you know you can now become a Narelle Fraser Interviews Patreon. How exciting! Simply go to www.patreon, that's P for Peter, A T R E O N for com, and search for Narelle Fraser Interviews. And to all of you out there who continue to support me, thank you so much. Is there, I suppose you're telling me about that resuscitation incident. That's probably going to be your answer. However, um, what was it that made you decide that you needed to do something to help others struggling with their mental health? Was, Was there a particular incident or situation where you thought, you know what? enough
1: is enough. Yeah. Um, so basically when I was fighting mental health and I was, you know, as as down as I was, um, I started feeling better and going to the gym and stuff like that and, you know, keep healthy. And I thought, let's, um, let's do something about this. Let's, um, let's not, let's not let, anyone get to the stage that I was at and no matter what you do in life you should not experience especially mental health and especially men's mental health um is pretty heavily um like I know females will always kind of speak up but men won't um and you know i i uh, wanted to turn this into a positive and um you know say to people that it's okay to not be okay. Um, if you if you want a shoulder to cry on, oh, I'm here, you know, this is where I am and I want to open that conversation up with people and, you know, support people and this is uh, sort of my cure to help people and turn it into a positive as I've had, you know, a lot of history with uh, abuse, uh, alcohol, a little bit of drugs um, and I want to turn it into a positive and, you know, and show people that it's okay not to be okay, you know.
0: Yeah, well, you're certainly doing that, Cam. And so what what do you think it is? What is it that stops and to, uh, many? And today we're talking about men. But what is it that stops men asking for help? Like, for instance, my husband, he won't even ask for help with directions, let alone how he's feeling emotionally. He would rather go round and round in circles for an hour rather than ask somebody, hey, mate, Do you know where such and such is? What is it? I don't get that. (laughs) What is it that stops you asking for help?
1: (laughs) I think it's men um, are very stubborn um, and, you know, coming, not being a man myself, but also dealing with a lot of men. um, Very stubborn and very embarrassed, I think, is the number one word for it. Um, Being embarrassed is probably... um, you know, especially to, you know, if you're trying to show off to a girl and you're trying to have a good relationship and get married, you don't want to say to her, oh, I've done this, oh, this is who I am, I'm, I'm sad, you know, I've done this, I've experienced this. But, you know, I think it's men just being very stubborn and, you know, a lot of men, you know, like to uh, impress people. And sometimes you can you can go and deal with life without impressing people because the real people will take you for who you are not what you got yeah it's like um
0: so that's interesting you say that so it's like that you want this um persona of um you want to be seen as being strong and capable and Mm. you know throw anything at me and i can deal with it oh I just, that's, I suppose, the, the, the thing we've got to break down is that men have vulnerabilities just like women do. Like, mm. and I think it's a strength to share those vulnerabilities. Well, I think it shows the fact that you have been sharing your vulnerabilities and your emotions, I I, I think it's a great connection, don't you?
1: Mm. Yeah, I think it is too. Yeah, Um yeah, it's a very good connection, and yeah, men are very stubborn, and they try and be strong, like you said, but they just they're just not interested, and they they don't want to be named and ashamed and embarrassed. But you know, if you don't, this is you know, this is the experiences that can happen: mental health,
0: yeah. Yeah. you
1: know, depression, you know, anxiety, all that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, you're right. And look, as I said in my intro, um, I wouldn't imagine FIFO workers are particularly soft and cuddly and wanting to talk about feelings. So how do you think you, we, the community, how can we change that?
1: Yeah, well you are very right. They um they're not very soft and cuddly. They might be <laughs> in their heart but uh when they put their miners belt on and their rescue they think they're as tough as nails and you know, they can break rock. But at the end of the day, depression is depression, we have to we have to deal with it. Um how we could help with the community, oh mate, <sighs> you can try your best, um, and that's what I'm gonna do and I'll try everything in my power to you know um help people but i uh future plans would probably be uh get out to those mine sites that i worked at um and see all the old crew that i used to work with and you know you know uh just tell them it's okay not to be okay and maybe go underground one more time and you know face the fear of the place you know but um yeah just um try and get out to those sites um, would probably be uh, the best thing and just, you know, set up a marquee and, you know, tell people that it's okay.
0: I can't imagine being underground for weeks at a time That must do your head in, like not seeing, uh, you know, real light, real sunshine, uh, Mm. smelling fresh air, smelling fresh mown grass, I don't know, listening to birds. Like it must be like being in a bloody prison.
1: Nah, a lot of people think that, but, um, you know, you still come up every night. Um, you go down, you know, if you're on night shift, you go down about five, six o'clock, you come back up at five or six in the morning, Mm. but sometimes depends what you're doing. You might come up during the shift to grab some stuff from the top, but mainly you stay underground and yeah, you don't, you don't hear those birds going. Trust me. You, uh, you hear bang crash and (laughs) trucks and boggers and all that sort of noise. Um, and all, all you've got for light, if you're not in a work area, is your cat lamp on your on your hard hat. So, um, you know, you've got to be strong. You got to you got to keep your chin up. You know, um, and if you're not, you really need to speak up because being, especially having depression and going underground like I did, once you're on your own in certain areas like I was, um, and you turn your cat lamp off, you can't see nothing, and that's when you really start. I feel like you start to get. Get upset is because it's dark and it's oh daunting. You know, I can't. I cannot
0: um, imagine. Can oh,
1: oh You still you um, still come up. You still come up and you see fresh air. But you know, if you're on the night shift, you don't wake up till two, three o'clock in the afternoon, and you go over. Your, you you know your dinner and get your meal packed, and then the underground. But what what the best thing about FIFOs I've experienced is the crew. If you've got a good crew and you've got a good workmates. It's good banter, you know what I mean? It's just like you're at home, you know, because you're away for so long.
0: I thought you were going to say um, uh, it's the, the dollars that you like.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> if you speak to my partner, she, she uh, thinks, uh, you know, you need to stop chasing the money and live your life because I was about that money and I was about that hungry dollars. But at the end of the day, the dollars ain't going to save your life if you've got depression, is it? <laughs>
0: it's so true. So tell us about um, chin-up. Cam and your mission. How did that all start? Tell us about
1: that. So chin up started when uh, I uh, I love that stereotype name called chin up, and I thought, yeah, let's 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 help people that need to be helped, um, especially those people in facilities like Headspace, like Lifeline, you know, all those charity funds that take people in and help them and give the one on one and. I thought let's try and do something and I knew of some, uh, you know, other companies all over the state um, that do the similar thing that I did. So I got on a computer and I had a bit of research and I thought, yeah, let's do something. Let's do a clothing brand called Chin Up and let's get Chin Up written on everything, not so much to sell the merch but if someone reads it and says it, if they're walking down the shops and say, oh, Chin Up, they're actually like, oh, Chin Up, you know, they, they actually think think about that saying um and our, our mission oh mate my head spins every day of what <laughs> i'm going to do next but um our mission is probably to try and create that conversation um and get that awareness out there and break this stigma around men's mental health and you know create the awareness that it's okay not to be okay it's okay to speak up don't be ashamed Don't be upset. Um, I'm here. Anyone in sort of my industry is here. um, And the rest of our mission is probably uh – Future plans for Chin Up would be uh, to get out to construction sites, do the one-on-one with people, um, do the do the public speaking. I have previously done some public speaking here in Adelaide um, and I've got some more coming up booked in. So, um, yeah, creating that conversation and breaking that awareness is probably our mission.
0: And so what do Chin Up actually sell?
1: So Chin Up sell um, hoodies, uh, beanies, T-shirts, Uh, stickers, hats. Um, We've got some more merchandise coming soon, but obviously with COVID it's kind of getting a little bit hard, but we are trying our best. Um, But, yeah, hoodies, um, very good quality. Uh, Beanies are excellent quality Um, and, yeah, we've got more merchandise coming and, um, yeah, we just uh, take one step at a time as it's still, you know, I've only been running myself this chin up for about three, four months now and it's taken off pretty uh, pretty good and I want it to take off a lot more but I need to take one step at a time.
0: Yeah, sounds like a, a, a good, um, good idea, Cam. And so where can people go to find out about the clothing items that you sell
1: yeah, sure. So most of our um merchandise is Chin Up Mental Health on Facebook, uh Instagram, um, both just Chin Up Mental Health. Um and obviously our website is chinupmentalhealth.com.au dot Um and yeah, you can read our mission tabs. It's got a personal description about, you know, myself and why I've done this. Um and yeah, all our social medias are Chin Up Mental Health.
0: Yeah, well, thanks so much for for uh, what you're doing, Cam, um, and please everybody out there, have a look at Chin Up and uh, know that ten percent of whatever you purchase is going to headspace at such a uh, worthy cause.
1: Yeah, and also if people don't feel like purchasing, that's fine. Just have a read, have a read, or follow our social medias because some of the posts that are, that we post may help you. You know, especially if you read it you know, on your phone when you're sitting down watching a bit of TV, you know, some of the posts could help the individual person, not so much buying the merchandise.
0: Yeah, that's so nice of you to say that, so kind. So, Cam, is there a message that you'd like to give anyone, but particularly young men out there listening um, about chin-up or uh, depression, anxiety? What message would you like to um, give those young men?
1: Yeah, thank you. Um, Probably the best advice I could probably give to those people listening would be there's always a way, there's always a cure. If you find it from other people, you find out how to do it yourself, there is always a way. Think positive, be positive, act positive because it's okay to not be okay. Like it's okay to be upset but just keep healthy Keep fighting. Yes, it's a long road ahead, getting through depression and mental health, but one step at a time, speak to people regularly. If you feel like you want to seek help, seek help to those psychologists, counsellors. If you don't feel it, just speak up to someone. Even if you send yourself a text message to yourself and it, you know, pretends that it's someone you're speaking to to help you, that might be the cure. That helped me. Texting myself, texting my own phone number, you know but there's always a way and there's always a will and just keep fighting and keep your chin up
0: I love it Cam good luck with everything in the future and I just love your passion for everything that you're doing to help others overcome adversity just as you have or you are (laughs) anyway thanks for your time Cam
1: no worries thanks Narelle appreciate
0: it hey it's Narelle here again Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy the podcasts as much as we enjoy putting them together. But to make sure you never miss an episode of Narelle Fraser Interviews, hit subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to leave a rating and even a review, and please share it with all your friends too. And again, thanks for joining us. We have got some amazing stories to tell. So thanks again. See ya.